Christmas welcome to the Draycott Diaries Christmas special. We have a programme packed with festive interest for you. <laughs> that includes why would you take a bedsheet to go and pick up your Christmas tree? Big question mark. What sort of sparkling loveliness is there going on at the community shop? What happens when you break a church glass window? And lastly, Pub landlords serving Christmas meals on a daily basis this time of year and beverages. What do they do on Christmas Day? Well, all those things you're going to find out because I'm in search of Christmas stories. My Christmas story, when I was a little girl on Christmas Eve, there used to be a fairy, of course we call Tinkerbell, that would arrive magically on a windowsill behind a curtain. Now, clearly, this, this little fairy had been up in the attic. Quick description, she was about, oh, I don't know, about eight inches high, porcelain, the sort of doll that goes into the um, that TV show. Yeah, that was it called? Oh, I know, the repair shop. Anyway, my parents, God bless them, they would scrunch up her wings and put a little bit of, oh, I don't know, flour or dust on her so that when I discovered her... It did look like she'd just come in from a long, long flight from Lapland, I assume. And magically, over the next few days, she recovered. So I imagine my mother must have gone into the sitting room and given her a little dust. And um, by Christmas Day, she looked very perky. And we've had that doll for generations in the family. And my sister is now a custodian. And, and she will appear this Christmas on our Christmas tree. I'm loving to think about what other Christmas stories there are. What really says Christmas to me is Christmas trees. Who better to talk to about Christmas trees than the fabulous Seegers, Chris and Andrew Seeger, up at the stool. So I'm just grabbing Jackie now and we're going to saddle up and we're going to go out the door now. Um, I don't think it's terribly good weather today. It's a little bit windy, it's a little bit wet but we're okay, so we're out the door, we're going down, and here I go. Right, high up on a hill, and I'm still walking upwards. Anybody who knows this area will know it's this steep walk up from Draycott Village. Um, I'm almost at Draycott Slates, but I thought I'd just stop because not everybody is familiar with where we live here. Obviously, we live in Somerset, and the village we're talking about today is Draycott. This is the Christmas special. I'm walking on my way to see Chris Seeger and Andrew Seeger at the Seeger stall, which I can see in the far distance because I'm going to be talking to them all about Christmas trees. Over to my left, I can hear gunfire. Do not be alarmed, that's a clay pigeon shooting range that we have. But I can't see very much, as you know, but I can give you an audio description of what I remember and I can smell. I'm looking out at the Somerset levels straight, and I'm at the top, well, I say at the top, I'm sort of probably about halfway up the Mendip Hills, which is pretty steep. <laughs> a bit out of breath of getting here. But I'm looking out towards Western Supermare in the far distance and then I've got the Quantock straight ahead of me and then I have Glastonbury Tor and I can 
even through my very blurry, blurry, blurry eyesight, see the top of Glastonbury Tor just popping out of the of the mist. So we live in a really, really, really lovely place. But I'd better get on with my journey and tell you a little bit more about Christmas trees. I'll pick up with you a little bit later. I think we're getting a bit closer. Oh, I think I can see Chris waving to me. Yes, I'm a bit far off yet, Chris, but wave away. Wave away. I'm still not quite sure where I'm going. Christmas tree, Chris. Christmas. There's all too many Chrises in here. But Chris, do you have any tips for people when they come to get their Christmas trees? Well, I, I always say uh, you need to treat it like a cut flower. You need to cut a bit off the bottom so it can suck up water and keep keep feeding it water. If you've got a stand that it holds the water, keep keep topping it up. You'll be amazed how much it will drink. And and from a from a plastic point of view, unfortunately, the, the netting is actually plastic. Um, it's biodegradable but it is still a bit plastic in it so you could bring your your old bed sheets and, and a piece of string perhaps and we could wrap it up in that to save the netting and that would help wouldn't it I think well that's a really good that's a that's a very good eco-friendly yeah. suggestion yeah if you don't want your old tree in a net which obviously you can have here which is as Chris said biodegradable but bring your own sheet string and then yeah. you then you're right on it and then afterwards Chris we always have this kind of slight dilemma don't we with a tree that's beginning to lose its will what would you suggest people do with their Christmas trees when when Christmas sadly finally comes to a close well I I, I have had some people in here before now with llamas or, or something and they, they, they take them off and then to, to graze on them. And I, I have known that people turn them upside down and push them in riverbanks to stop the, the corrosion on a corner. On the, on, like, like when you've got the river washing the bank away, you can put a Christmas tree when it's finished with, turn it upside down, drive it in the ground and it will stop the bank from corroding. It acts as a sort of natural barrier. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. I know you've got people who no, need to sound. We're, we're all right from them. Um, my nephew here. Oh well. Oh yes. I'm going to talk. Going to talk to William in a, a minute. But Chris, can, can you replant a Christmas tree, or are you on a hiding to nothing? Because I've tried it several times, and I'm, I mean, I'm not a good gardener. I have to. I know what I'm good at. Well, obviously uh, not the ones that are cut off. But I got some in some pots. Um, the little ones that are in the pots, they're all right. You could plant the pot in the ground. Um, and then it won't dry out, and then you could dig it up next year and trim the roots off the bottom, and then it would it would be all right. But I, I do have some larger ones that it, it, it's a bit of a grey area. I mean, you, they say they're pot grown. green area. Yes, or green area. <laughs> they say they're pot grown, but they're not. They're grown in the ground and they're dug out with like an ice cream scoop on the end of a mini digger. They're forced in a pot and they're cooked glasses pot grown, but 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 they're not, you know. And I don't think they survive, really. No. Not when they're cut up and dug up, dug up. Do you know, I know we talked about this briefly the other day. I'm going to do some more research on that. Do you know anything about the history of Christmas trees, where it started? No, I don't. No. And how it came here? I mean, you've been doing them for how long? God, as long as I can remember. My dad was doing them and I've, um, should we say, slowly took over. <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But no, I don't. Is it is it is it a Swedish thing? I don't know. I, 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 well, I, you sent me a challenge actually because I'm I need to find that I out. Need to know. 
Well, you need to know, Chris. I'm going to find out, and, and I will explain to people what I found out, either at the beginning of this programme or the end of it. But listen, you need to get on. Chris, thank you for talking to us for a minute. I'm going to grab a couple of other people who are coming in for their trees. I can see a whole family coming in with kids and dogs and stuff, so I'm going to let you go. All right, thank you. Uh, all right, Chris, thank you very thank much. You. Take see care. Later, bye. See bye. you later. Bye. 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 Right, I'm just approaching the shop now. Gosh, it's very difficult navigating cars and stuff, and it's rather busy because people are rushing in and getting their newspapers in the morning. I'm masked up, obviously, because we have to be governmentally friendly, but then I go, morning, everybody. Do you mind if I ask you, Lenny, just a little bit about the shop? Because this is our Draycott community shop where we would have no Christmas at all without you guys. So I'm looking at you, Lenny, to ask you, what have we got in the shop that's a little bit Christmassy and a little bit different this year? We've got loads of stuff. We've got plastic-free Christmas crackers. You get a snap hat, a joke, and a piece of chocolate, but there's no plastic in them. We've got our shop Christmas card, which is a photo taken by our lovely volunteer, Linda. We've got... Locally produced soup. Yeah. And sandwiches. And sandwiches. New this year. And pâtés this year. Yeah, we've got pâtés. Are they from Moreland Kitchen? The soup and the sandwiches are... Yeah. Let's walk around our Christmas table. Tell me about this because you say they're particularly pertinent yeah. to the shop. This yeah. is a snowy, snowy photo of Draycott. We've got truffles, chocolate truffles, Christmas pudding, mulled wine, yeah, posh nuts. Posh nuts? Yeah, they are posh nuts, aren't they? What's so posh about your nuts? Well, they're, uh, they're just a nice Christmas arrangement, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And this is a card from the, um, the first school that the children made as well so we have a, yeah. range, a good range of cards we do have and a good our lovely range cakes, of cakes. Yeah. mince pies oh mince pies yeah Winnie's mince pies lovely which are lovely actually but can I also draw you both over to your window where I believe you have some Christmas decoration here we go on our lovely tree so talk me through the tree what, what kind of tree is it a kind of homemade tree sprayed snowy and it's got beautiful glass ornaments on oh. it, made by the lovely cow. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Lenny. Bye. Yeah, happy Christmas, and may your nuts always be very special. Oh, there's a load of people queuing to come into the shop. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry we're in your way. There we go. There we go. Down the steps now, Jackie. Careful, careful. Oh, I can hear the dulcet tones of Dan Ward. Dan, yeah, can we grab you a minute? We're just doing a Drake Up Diaries Christmas special and I want to ask you something. We'll, we'll hang on here and you join us. So Dan, just to give you the ups, he has written and is indeed directing the new panto, which is coming up, I think it's February the 4th. It's called Franco Panto and I believe it's a combination of Frankenstein and Jack and Jill. I don't quite know how that works. So I'm sure he's going to tell us all about it. Anyway, Dan, good to see you. Dan, sorry, I know you've been really, really busy because, uh, you, gosh, blimey, you've got the panther coming up and fairly shortly. But I'm just grabbing people as I can. I just wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously, you, you, you clearly have the panther running through your head at the moment, but what will Christmas mean to you this year? Christmas for me every year is about family. Um, 
Last year I saw lots of my family because we were isolating. Um, this year I'll see my family and uh, it will be great because I don't need to, but I will. I choose to because it's Christmas. Um, uh, we'll, 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 have, we'll have family time together. We'll, have, we'll spend time. We'll eat good food. We, we're big on Christmas food. Probably sneak in a trip to the pub, I would think. And um, yeah, build up my reserves in, ahead of pantomime. Fantastic. And will you be able to sleep? You're not going to spend the whole Christmas worrying about the panto because that's what date is it, February the... Uh, 3rd, 4th and 5th. Okay, uh, of, remind us the title of the panto. Uh, it's Frank and Panto. Frank and And uh, I think tickets are available now, aren't they? They are available now at the Draycott shop and at the menditplayers.co.uk. Can I tell people you're in full drag or shall we just wait? Um, you can tell them. Okay. I mean, I'm not. But, um, but, you know, get in touch via the website if that's your thing. Maybe on the, maybe on the, maybe on the Saturday night. But uh, Happy Christmas, Dan. And to you. Right, well, it's a cold and wet and windy day as I'm walking through the village. Um, I've just, well, I've just left the shop, actually, where I was looking at those beautiful Christmas decorations, all in glass. And there were Father Christmases, angels, robins, you name it, plus lots of other gorgeous stuff that I was talking about earlier. So, I'm coming up to my friend's house. Uh, she, her name is Cal, and she is the designer and artist who makes those beautiful glass uh, ornaments I was talking about. Now, hopefully, she might have the coffee on. So I thought I'd just pop by, wish her a happy Christmas, see if I can get a cup of coffee, and also ask her a little bit more about her decorations. Come on, Jackie. In you come. There we go, Jax. Right, through the door. Careful, careful. There we go. Good girl. Yeah, we might get a coffee. You might get a biscuit if you're lucky. Right, now, when you're blind, trying to find a doorbell is almost impossible. Uh, but I think there's a big clangy bell here. So um, here we go. I'm just going to put the microphone down, otherwise I'm going to deafen you. See if she's in. Come on, cow. It's cold out here and windy. Oh, I thought you never answered the door. Oh, it's cold and windy and wet. How are you, Cal? You're right. I'm fine, yes. How are you doing? I'm fine. I've just come from the shop, actually. Yeah. Because I was just looking at your beautiful Christmas decorations. Uh, I'm wondering two things whether I might be able to talk to you about how you make them, but most importantly, whether you'd be able to make me a coffee. I will. I can give you a piece of stolen cake as well. Fantastic. It's going to be a great Christmas. <laughs> So um, I'm doing my normal thing of gate crashing people's houses and uh, for coffee. So I've just turned up at my friend Carol's house because I've just left the shop where um, I've been looking at some very beautiful Christmas decorations um, made out of glass and some ceramics. Now, my Labradors are all over Cal, but I'm just popping in to say, Cal, your decorations in the shop are beautiful. Can you tell me how you make them? I'm sorry you have a Labrador in your lap. <laughs> Happy Christmas. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I love doing them. It's stained glass. You buy your glass, you make a pattern, cut the glass out to the size, then heat the glass up, foil it with a copper foil around the edge, and then you solder it all together. Well, that sounds very easy, but it is... No, I can't imagine. So where did you learn to do this, then? My lovely husband, Doug, taught me how to do it. He used to do windows and things, and um, he taught me how to do it, and I started up on the 
on all the smaller bits and pieces. And I've done lots of windows, and it's it's very therapeutic. You can go out into a workshop, listen to the radio, eat biscuits, drink coffee, and make decorations. And wait for friends like me to come round and friends, yeah. to come round and ambush you when I know your coffee machine is on. Um, so you did you did this in the shop last year as well, didn't you? But you've done some slightly different designs this year, including Santa's. I've given the robins legs. Um, what else have I done? Yeah, we applaud you for giving the robins legs. Yeah, they, the, the, yeah, they needed to have legs. They need to fly away. And so we'll see how they go this year. And, what, and haven't you done something slightly different with the angels' dresses? Tell us about those. Give me some bits of china, old, you know, pretty china, as thin as possible, um, that I've used as the angels' bodies, so they look as if they've got dresses on with their little halos and then use globs of glass as their heads. And they're lovely because I've got one. But some of the some of the glass you use, it isn't all bought. I mean, I know you can buy glass to make it, but you were telling me earlier that some of it's from church windows. Oh, yes. Somebody gave, years ago gave me an old church window, and I've used the glass from that, which is very pretty. It's lovely glass actually, and for the candles, for the holders for the candles, I've used it for those. But you don't get. Go, go, oh, well, I was going to say you were saying this earlier, and I was a bit worried that you might just actually well, turn up at a church and just not. Do that. I might. Yes, Wells Cathedral is very tempting. Thanks for letting me pop in. Thank you for my piece of stolen. And may I wish you, on behalf of Jacob Dares, a very, very happy Christmas. So I'm nearly back at the road now, so that. Uh, as I said, I'm on my way. I wanted to introduce you to a couple of friends of mine uh, called Dot and Dotty. Hello, Dot. Hello, Dotty. Hello. Typical superstars. As soon as you want them to do something, they, they clam up, don't they? But they're two very beautiful pigs that I've watched from very, very, very little pigs to, well, frankly, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on the same side of the fence if you know what I mean. So I'm going to introduce you, Dot and Dotty. Are you going to say hello? Dot and Dotty. What are you eating there? Hmm? What are you eating? Hmm? Is that delicious? A bit of acorn. Is it? Just a bit of mud. They're very intelligent things, pigs. Uh, very, very beautiful. Well, Dot and Dotty, I must be off on my way. So may I wish you a very, very happy Christmas to both of you. And may you arrive on nobody's plate this Christmas. So I'm off on my walk again. Going up a hill. Not as fit as I was. Come on, Jackie. Come on, Jackie. Do you know, having seen Dot and Dotty just then... <laughs> I couldn't get a vision out of my mind, which I'm going to share with you now. Pigs in blankets. What does that say to you? It says Christmas lunch, doesn't it? Well, it is true. I am full of stolen and various niceties that the shop gave me. But there's still space for Christmas lunch. Of course there is. Turkey, cranberry sauce, you name it. I want it. So I'm walking now to the Strawberry Special pub, which is right bank centre of Draycott and it's run by Laurie and Mick Toms and they do do the most wonderful Christmas lunch at this time of year and it is my plan if I can to grab Laurie find out what's going on at the pub over Christmas. Well how lucky am I 
I'm in the cosy strawberry special today because I'm having my Christmas lunch. And, oh gosh, I can't tell you how full I am. I will not move for the foreseeable future because I've had turkey, I've had Christmas pudding, I've had coffee. But I've just grabbed Laurie on her way because she's been working really, really hard. And uh, I know Mick's been doing the food and he's got his sisters in the kitchen as well. So it's a real community effort. But Laurie, happy Christmas to you from Draycott Diaries. Happy Christmas, Tiggy. Now, Laurie, tell me, what have we got? I know we've had to curtail a lot of our normal activities around the pub because of COVID and stuff, but what can we expect in the village that we may be able to do around Christmas at this fabulous pub of ours? Basically, we're open Christmas Day, lunchtime, uh, 12 to about half two, and then we reopen again about 8, 9 o'clock at night time on Christmas Day, for those who just want to get out of the house and come and visit, see other people, have a drink. Basically get away from their relatives. Exactly. <laughs> now, Laurie, I know we would be fascinated because cause we get to come to the pub and, and drink and make merry, but what do you and Mick, who run this fantastic establishment, what do you do on your Christmas Day? Run us through it. Now, obviously, you're originally from America, so I don't know if you talk to relatives but run us through uh, a Mick and Laurie Christmas day well it's not really that exciting uh, we we get up like I said we open the pub at 12 o'clock and finish sort of half two three o'clock and then uh, we close down and it's time for our lunch and because we've done so many Christmas turkey meals to the run up to Christmas Mick has beans and sausages on toast <laughs> And I have pizza and onion rings. Pizza and onion rings? Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird combo. It is, but that's just my Christmas traditional lunch over here. Now, I started it like 10 years ago. <laughs> and a glass of wine. Well, that's lovely. Well, Laurie, can I just say on behalf of Draycott Diaries, thank you and from the village for all that you and Mick do, and especially during these difficult times. I mean hoping families can be together but really from our hearts thank you to you and me oh you're quite welcome we've tried to keep it safe for everybody to to come in here and feel comfortable and we we still are working on it so um i hope everyone has a really great christmas and pop down and see us if you like well i'll definitely need to get away from my relatives so i'll be the first one happy christmas laurie happy christmas tiggy bye yep I'll see you when I get back. Take care, guys. Bye. Oh, dear. I cannot tell you what I have consumed over making this Christmas special for Draycott Diaries, but you know what? It was worth it. It's been an enormous amount of fun. So I've got to get back now, probably for a little sleep, if I'm honest, but really what I want to do is get onto my computer and find out as I promised Chris Seeger I would, a little bit more about Christmas trees and the history of Christmas trees. But before I do that, I think it would be really, really, really lovely to hear from Thea Oliver, who is recently priested and is now fully versed, can do services of all types, wears a rather attractive white collar on a, well, don't tell anybody, but it's, it's on a crop top. It's on a lycra crop top. She wears it under her shirt. She showed me what a trollop. So <laughs> I shall leave the last word to, to Thea because I know she would like to, to talk about the village and uh, Christmas this year. So over to you, Thea. 
Hi Tiggy, thank you so much for asking me to record something because I'm sorry we haven't found the time to get together in the last few weeks uh, for coffee and a chat, mainly due to both our hectic schedules at this busy time of year, you with your social whirl and uh, me working at Wells Health Centre and then when I'm not doing that wearing my church hat or should I say my clerical crop top. I'm visiting parishioners both at home and in hospital or care homes, taking my turn leading Zoom collective worship at Draycott and Rodney Stoke First School. And then, of course, there's my actual church duties, taking services, etc. But to be fair, when you do come round, you're here, you tend to drink gallons of coffee, eat most of my favourite biscuits, and Jackie and Ada put those resigned looks on their faces, seeming to say, oh well, our mums aren't going to take us out for a walk together, so we might as well settle down for a companionable snooze. And of course, we do rather tend to get distracted, going off on tangents. So maybe sending you this voicemail might be a more efficient way and more effective. It means that at least you've given me free reign to say whatever I want anyway. So reflecting on 2021 in our beautiful village, what can I say? Despite being in and out of lockdown, life has carried on, albeit curtailed in some ways. We've continued to keep St Peter's Church open in the daytime, most days, and have had weekly church services. But I think with all this daily Covid cleaning, we've had the cleanest church chairs in the world. In November, I had the pleasure of joining many people from the village to walk up Draycott Steep to watch the planting of the community beech tree. I said a blessing for the tree, the ground it will grow in, and the community whose resilience it represents. Now, as Christmas is fast approaching, and despite COVID-related restrictions, the Skylarks, that is the preschool and reception class at our village school, put on a beautiful nativity play in St Peter's Church for their mask-wearing, socially distanced and quite chilly parents. We'd had to keep the doors open. The older children will this year be singing carols in the car park to their socially distanced parents, and I hope grandparents because I'm one of those. Also, please look out for the nativity scene in the Glebe field, set up again by the supporters of St Peter's, for all of us who live in our two villages, and for all those driving past to enjoy. And here's a plug now for the Christmas services at St Peter's. Please see website, Facebook and notice boards for any changes. I will be taking the Christmas Eve communion service at 9pm, then back, on, back again on Christmas morning for a family service at 10am. Please come along if you can. That one's always great fun too. So Tiggy, I think I've probably rambled on enough. I just wanted to wish everyone a peaceful, joyful Christmas and a happy, healthy new year 2022. And of course, as I'm now a priest, it wouldn't be right if I didn't end with a blessing. So may the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Mary and Joseph, and the peace of the Christ child be ours this Christmas and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Well, I've delved. I've delved into the history of Christmas trees. There's a quite a lot out there, but as, to put it in its simplest terms, the Germans were responsible for Christmas trees as we know it today, starting in the 16th century. But rather than having baubles as we know it on today, they would have wafers, which I'm imagining had religious significance. 
However, if you look deeper, it seems the Romans at certain festive times did have fir trees. So all of them, I think, had a connection with Tree of Life, being connected to God. And obviously we use them today in the ways that we do and we bespoke them with gorgeousness. And well, there you go, Chrisiga, that's what I could find out. So thank you, everybody, who has helped us with this Draco Diaries Christmas special. It's been a difficult year, again, for everybody, but the village is just extraordinary in bringing the community together. And I'm so proud to be part of that. Thank you so much to Jeff Farney, who edited this programme, to my brother, who arranged the rather jazzy Christmas music. And we shall look forward to seeing you in the new year. Happy Christmas, everybody. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>